Hey guys, and welcome to our podcast. What And we have now pivoted into ASMR because that's what the fans want. We're here to deliver. But um, when we're not uh, doing seductive intros like that, we are also talking about gaming and what a week it's been for uh, stuff in gaming. Lots of exciting announcements, lots going on. I think we'll have a lot to dissect and discuss over the next 55 to definitely under 60 minutes, or I'll be very upset. And I'm delighted to be joined by both Amal and Luke. How are you guys doing? Hello. Doing great, Rob. <laughs> Happy to be here, coach. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I'm not going to be whispering for the rest of it, but uh, Amar, if you want to keep it up, um, be my guest. Um, but hopefully you're not going to be whispering about your latest baking endeavors, which you have yet uh, again promised to do. Wait, I, to be fair, we're recording on a weekday. Uh, sorry to spoil the, the illusion <laughs> here, but uh, I, have a, I, have a, I was planning to, to bake on Saturday, so I do have an excuse. So um, tomorrow is when I will bake those yummy goods. So next week we're expecting a double uh, two-hit K, two-hit <laughs> Bako even. Yes. Two-hit Bako, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm oh, looking forward to it. But yeah, if, mm. if we miss out any, if anything big happens on Saturday and Sunday, the 25th and 26th of July, it's because, yeah, we're recording on Friday because I'm going away and do not have time. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what the situation is. You're going to have to live with that. We're all waiting for the Kanye West album that's supposed to drop today, but uh, it's not looking likely. Uh, in terms of the one-hit bako, I have prepared the coffee cake oh, from nice. uh, that, oh, as promised. Turned out wonderful. Shared some with my roommate. He gave it a twelve out of ten, which wow. you know I think in uh, non-metric terms is is a great score. So I mean, you've gone over the ten there. I mean, you've just gone off the charts. <laughs> off the charts. Now, I, personally, I'm giving it maybe like a maybe like an eight point two five. Oh wow! Precisely. Maybe left it in. A, like a minute too long so the very highest peak of the loaf had a little bit of a black spot there but beyond the slight burnt top there flawless coffee so. cakes are so good they oh, are just heaven I, th- I think you're being a bit too critical on your efforts because if i could ever make a coffee cake i think i would be incredibly happy um mm. i might try it myself actually in the next they're, few weeks even inspired me I, I feel like they're sophisticated. You you gain an appreciation for coffee cakes as you as you grow older. Um, it's it's one of the like alcohol, like fine wine, like that kind of stuff. Um, you start to enjoy the the finer things in life, um, mm-hmm. like coffee cake. Mm. Coffee cake is the finest thing in life. Yes. Let's be honest. You we've... will have reached peak adulthood when you're at a uh, a bar or a party and there's some coffee cake. <laughs> you could forget the famous debate of the top three black liquids on this podcast. Oh, but, we're not getting uh, into that again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the secret, I think, to a good coffee cake is the it's the pan that you prepare it in. Oh. So having a loaf, a proper loaf pan, oh, yes. to have it uh, raise in that shape, that's, oh, that's key. So you that's, didn't make, mm-hmm. so you made, you didn't make a round shaped traditional like coffee no. cake. No, yeah, this is more of a, type. more of like a, a pound cake. Okay, would cool. come out yeah. but so it's more like a coffee loaf i suppose yeah. Yeah. but mm. ah. that's still that sounds even more impressive to be honest like you're not just going for that conventional cake 
shape you're going for the loaf very impressed get oh, a lo- loaf of this as well get a loaf of this <laughs> wow get a loaf of this guy <laughs> that is a great seg um into or oh, it's not is it really good seg i don't know I think it's another four letter word that's relevant is halo <laughs> <laughs> yes uh well um if if you uh were at all on the internet yesterday you, you'll be aware of the big xbox reveal which after we had their kind of I think third party showcase a few weeks or months ago. I, the concept of time is just completely in yeah. scrap for me. Um, this is their big kind of first party showcase for what the next gen is going to look like and what's coming out on the Xbox Series X. And um, Luke mentioned last week how um, after many incidents of companies, let's say, not really showing any gameplay, I remember you being very optimistic and being like, they would have learned from this. They're going to show us some gameplay. Why did you say that, Luke? You cursed us. Oh, we did get gameplay for Halo. Uh, well, we got, <laughs> well, that okay. was, so, that, that yeah, was substantial. That's, that's a good point. There were a lot of cinematic-only trailers. Uh, what immediately stuck out to me, besides what we were being shown, was... Uh, a lack of clarity around the actual release dates for these games. I found that to be sort of the big egregious thing coming out of this, but uh, yeah, we saw some games with gameplay and many just sort of announced. So, Yeah, we don't exactly know when what is coming out on... I guess they can't exactly reveal the launch date yet because they, they just haven't done that for the console. But yeah, we don't know when they're coming out and we also don't know if they're just xbox one x uh, exclusives it looks at like a lot of them are um also on pc which is expected but also even on xbox one which i think there was quite a few that i wasn't expecting to be on xbox one there was i think i think uh bioware's new game oh what was it called uh, avowed i think mm-hmm. and there was another game i think perhaps stalker 2 uh that was um xbox series x only um, I did note that, and oh, I think wow. they came out um, a week ago saying, after a lot of people uh, saying that, you know, I think their messaging at first was, oh, all games, all first-party games will be Xbox Series X and Xbox One compatible, but it seems like they're getting out saying, no, that's that's not a, a flat policy. Some games will have that cross-compatibility, some won't. So, yeah, th- I think there's a bit of confusion. If you even look at the, the box art for the Xbox One X... I don't know if you've if uh, if you two have seen any, and then you compare it to the PS4, you see the Xbox branding at the top, mm-hmm. you know the green logo. Mm. Then you see Xbox Series X compatible. Then you see sometimes a sticker saying Xbox Series X enhanced. Oh. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, this is quite confusing actually. <sighs> you know, I've I've I got past the the name uh, confusion because I think consumers. However, sometimes confusing your name can be for a product. Sometimes they just latch onto it and get used to it. But some of this this um, different platform type compatibility and, and how they message it is 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 definitely a bewildering decision, honestly. There was one message that I think they made very clear, though, regardless of kind of the platform, or whatever. They were like, all these games are going to be on Game Pass, and yes. I think that is. Uh, I did I did see a comment on Twitter, uh, kind of which I agree with saying that X, Xbox Game Pass is almost like that's the new console, really. Like yeah. the hardware is just a, a kind of a, a, a means to an end. It's I, the Game I Pass th- that they want people to get hooked on. I think that's what I have to think about when I'm I'm looking back at this event. It's that Microsoft are just going into a totally different direction to Sony. They're, they're not 
direct i mean they are direct competitors but they're going for a different strategy and they're not going for the whole you need to buy this hardware to get access to these exclusive games that type of strategy that that sony's going for it's very much you've got a pc you've got a phone you've got an xbox one you've got an xbox one x okay we've got you covered you can play all these games well at least some of these games on on those platforms and it's the subscription that we're that we're really pushing and that's what the the overall strategy and where they're they're going to hopefully hook a lot of consumers is is from and i had to think about that throughout the event in terms of yeah this stuff's not impressing me as much as the the sony event but also that their strategy is is different um in in some respects definitely i I think the one thing that you're you're kind of pointing out is that these it all seems to be very consumer forward and like it it's a big pro for the consumer to have this freedom to to get it through the subscription all these new games and in a way that pro consumer decision and and positioning there is a real advantage but just thinking back to what we said about sort of the labeling convention behind this is they're creating their own problem kind of by by the way they've done this and you could argue it's intentional to kind of obscure any sort of negative downsides to all this so the one thing that really stood out to me was when they said console launch exclusive console launch to most gamers that i would imagine uh, perhaps they disagree, but feel free to mention in the comments or email us at one-hit-ko-podcast.gmail. Uh, but it would be that a console launch would be describing the console's launch window of when it comes out. So a console launch exclusive to Xbox actually doesn't mean that the game's coming out at launch. It means that it will first start off on Xbox One X, mm-hmm. Series X. And then eventually we'll go to perhaps Steam, perhaps PS4, perhaps Nintendo Switch. You've got to think it's console launch, so it will still launch on Steam. It's just the PS4 and perhaps Switch. Um, it, that is the 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 outlier in terms of the the exclusivity there. Yeah. Um, so it's even it's even odder in that respect. But they've been doing this for quite a while now, and I guess it's just the nature of this is we we can't lock down exclusivity on full exclusivity exclusivity on a particular system so this is the best we can do with the publishers and developers mm. and um unfortunately just it, it is misleading but i guess that's that's just the nature of the business in terms of of that kind of stuff i just wish they were a bit more transparent in terms of the timings of how long those those games would be exclusive and you know all that kind of stuff but i guess it's not in their interest to um, to share Definitely. that information yeah, and just just my last point on that is is with all the different devices that these games are compatible on, mm-hmm. they've created a problem with nomenclature, but they've also tried to solve it themselves by creating the certification of smart delivery. I'm not sure if you guys have seen sort of the yep. the communication around smart delivery, but purely it's just a from a pure descriptive way of thinking about it. I imagine it's. It's just a certification that whichever device you play this game on, it will be the correct version of it. So all that concern you mentioned, Avon, up front about how it's uh, compatibility with with Xbox One, Xbox One Series X, PC, right? All that, it's just them saying, don't stress about it. It's smart delivery, guys. <laughs> they've invented their own solution as well. I see why they've done that, that it... Like so many, this like those sort of like kind of marketing jargon terms, they just mm. make me a bit more confused. And you can see how they're trying to both uh, Sony are culpable with this as well. In that 
they try, they try and get this kind of exclusive thing as like a, another kind of marketing push. They're taking the concept from exclusive um, and stretching it um, quite a lot. It's quite it's a reach in some cases. I think like we have some um, PS5 ones where it's like uh, like Sony console like launch exclusive as well, and it's mm-hmm. just a, a a bit strange. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think I think a good thing to to discuss, and I think it's something that personally I think relates to the Halo game is in doing a lot of these kind of pro-consumer moves uh, and trying to make sure that anyone can play their game kind of like no matter if they're on a PC, if they're on Xbox One. I feel like I'm not really seeing the the appeal of this next gen. I don't think like it's getting, compared to like the likes of the sort of Ratchet and Clank and, uh, you know, Demon's Souls remake and stuff like that we saw at the Sony event. I don't. I don't think like the likes of Halo Infinite uh, is really kind of grabbing me in terms of what it's bringing to the next gen table. Halo's a bit of a weird problem. They came off Halo Five in terms of the criticism of the game, um, the the complex story relying on you know the wider universe, getting away from the Halo roots further and further. And so they they're grappling. <laughs> see what I did there with um, nice. a few problems, um, trying to kind of move and modernize halo whilst also getting it back to its roots launching a a really impressive launch halo game for a new platform and also trying to design this halo game as a almost games a service type platform from, from what it sounds like um so they've got they've got quite a few issues in terms of how do they demonstrate that this is you know not only all those things but also a big step up for for next gen. Honestly, when I when I looked at the Halo demo, I wasn't so concerned about the the visuals and the criticism that people were getting at in terms of oh this doesn't look very next gen. That was very much at the back of my mind. I was just I found it a bit odd at how un, not underwhelmed but just how passive I was about the demo. It looked mm. interesting, but it just felt like, and maybe maybe this is a good thing. It's it really is transparent in showing what the 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 the, the piece by piece, moment by moment gameplay is of, of the demo. But like you said, it doesn't. The the only thing that screamed next gen to me was when they said, "Okay, this is 4K 60, and this is a Halo open world." When you think about all that's going on in this world, and and the fidelity that needs to go into it, and um, the, the kind of horsepower that needs to go into it in terms of driving you know an open world game at 4k 60 that that seems to be quite next geny but also that's quite hard to get across to a consumer in terms of you can't say to an average person oh no this is next gen because it can do this whilst doing this that is a very kind of passive game development tech element that doesn't come across well on a demo or a screen or without someone explaining as opposed to the Ratchet and Clank demo where you clearly saw, you know, assets being quickly streamed in from different worlds. You could clearly tell, oh, that's where the SSD is being used. Oh, that's how this is going to impact next gen and that kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I I think I agree. Um, it does feel like they're trying to do quite a lot with, with this Halo game. Like, yeah, they need to establish, especially after Halo 5. I haven't played it, but I know that the reception to that amongst fans wasn't particularly positive like trying to be a return to form or also be the the lead mm. title for next gen um has made it kind of gives me the feeling that it might be trying to do too much and maybe it's trying to be rushed to kind of cater 
for to be this like big launch title it doesn't feel like kind of um breath of the wild um equivalent in that like it was just delayed for ages and um then it just happened to be kind of able to be on both consoles and mm. made the most of both of them it does feel like they're trying to push it through they need to get it out for for the launch it would be it is such a big help for a launch li- lineup in terms of having okay halo's lo- at launch that's just such a big boost and i could see why they want to get it out for that that point i'm not too sure how much is is I'm not too sure on the development of the game, so I'm not too sure if it's been if some of it's been delayed due to COVID and that's impacted the game development. Um, apparently, the demo is a six-month-old build, so it's not quite representative of of where the game is at as well. So um, maybe not. Maybe we shouldn't take t- too many judgments from you know the visuals and all that kind of stuff from what we saw. But but yeah, the, there wasn't there wasn't much that was that was grabbing me there. I mean, I kind of liked. The grapple hook um, mechanic that they yeah. introduced but always it, makes game better. It didn't. Grapple hook. I didn't really see like a big game changing thing where maybe you would traverse the open world in this really unique way with the grapple hook. It was very much this is how we're using it in combat. This is how you can traverse a tight, you know, over small spaces. And same with the buddy cop vibe thing that they're going for. I wasn't quite convinced with that. That I can't remember his uh, person's name I'm on almost the spaceship. Certain. That um, voice actor plays Cassian in Star Wars Rogue One. I'm oh. almost certain. What's his oh. name? Diego Luna. I didn't I know so. that. Um, I'm but yet, almost certain as I watched. That's it, it. Just didn't. I just didn't. It didn't feel like all the pieces came together. Mm. It's probably the best description of it. Mm-hmm. What do we think of Halo becoming a kind of games as a service type thing? Like they they were saying that they wanted this to be the basis of like Halo for the next ten years. And did they say that? No. I, I, I didn't hear the ten-year quote. I, I do know it's that is that is quite long, but also interesting when you think about. I think Halo Forge is their level editor on PC. I think mm. it could tie in quite nicely with the tools that they've got with with other Halo products like Halo Forge. So it could it could work well. I'm I'm not too sure. When I think of Halo, though, I think of these intricately designed single player experiences and then the multiplayer and so i'm not too sure how that would work on a platform does that mean there'll be destiny like expansions throughout um throughout the life of the game um yeah it'll be interesting to see how they support that and monetize it as well well that's another thing actually that um they and they mentioned or i think was rumored as well as that uh, 10 year quote was there are kind of people suggesting that when it launches in later this year, it'll just be the single player component and the multiplayer might not even be there, oh. at least in its most fleshed out form straight away, which is like, I mean, regardless of what they're doing, all these kind of muddled messages really isn't kind of giving me the cl- same kind of clear excitement that, you know, I think we saw in some of those Sony announcements where you know kind of what's coming. Um, and I think you can clearly see what, what these games are, but even though it's the only one that really got gameplay, I still don't entirely know what we're going to be getting from this Halo Infinite game in, yeah. in a few months. I'm not even too sure if it's fully open world or like open hub world. So you're going to yeah. one hub, it'll be quite an open area. You'll move on to another part of the planet. That's your next area. That kind of setup. Um, I'm not quite sure from... I think we only saw a quick glimpse at the map um, on, on the gameplay demo. But yeah, I'm curious to, to find out more. It, I think we're being. I'm definitely maybe being a bit too negative. Like, it, it, I, I appreciate how much effort they're putting into trying like reboot Halo. Mm. Um, 
they are definitely taking it in a different direction to previous games and i i definitely would like to give it a go when it comes out and i'm sure yeah. i'll definitely enjoy it but um I yeah mean, just interesting that being their kind of leading game um and maybe it not being as fulfilled as some of the other ones we saw not land landed quite flat i think it, it was mm. quite it, it just was surprising it's their temple game and just landed a bit flat honestly um it looked fun uh don't get me wrong i like the whole gra- the grappling in, in the fights just reminded me of doom eternal and, and and doom games how how that was being weaved and bobbed into the um into the gameplay so I, i'm actually quite excited that for that for that mechanic and, and how that it's works. funny you mentioned doom because that was my initial thought too when i, I watched with uh with a friend we watched it and the, the gameplay and the combat it was like as if he was playing whoever was playing that, the developer or the, whoever was playing it. It felt like I was watching a Doom-style gameplay where it's fast, you're running, you're jumping, you're not staying in one spot. And, and Halo's never been cover-based, but at the same time, feeling like I was watching Doom gameplay, but ultimately Doom does just such a much better job of being yeah. more fluid and and visceral and you know obviously gory and everything it felt almost like a bit too cartoony for it to be doom mm. so i hope that it's it kind of strikes that better balance now you can't necessarily judge the trailer based on that because uh, one it's great that we got gameplay in general and two the curse of showing gameplay is that it's never what actual gamers would do when they're playing yeah right? it's, it's very much classic. Oh, let me I'm just gonna go gung-ho into this it, fight and do yeah, stylistic shots here and it, there and... exactly and also like let me really slowly and gently use the joystick <laughs> to not give everyone watching motion sickness I'll, right I'll, so I'll just look at this vista yeah as i as i, as I stop <laughs> and, and pan around the camera uh, yeah exactly so... i don't think that it's a nice looking vista in their defense but um <laughs> yeah i don't know if i would be as uh observant as the player mm-hmm. cool. so what do you guys say if i can if i can uh, adjust the the subject here you guys want to yeah. talk quickly about how there was no price announced and then obviously after the break you guys want to talk into the, like all the games announced and kind of have our own thoughts about this in the playstation 5 one yeah yeah i think that's a good good uh plan good strategy to go for yeah Thanks. like it's we're still what probably about so people think it's going to be September, October, and November is kind of be the release window, yeah. and we still don't know how much these um, I, these consoles are costing. I we don't th- even know how much the games are. I think it's okay that they're they're holding off on the price. They're obviously, in a game of chicken, I think we discussed this in previous mm. weeks. Mm. But I don't think it's they don't need to get the price out this uh, this ahead. When you think about new tech products and their announcements, announcement cycles, and also when they announce a price, sometimes it's a few weeks before launch sometimes a few days, sometimes on the day. Um, and so I, I, I think it's quite archaic, actually, in the console space where we're expecting prices and those kinds of announcements to be three, four months uh, out, um, or even longer, sorry, um, out from release. I think that's just the nature of the technology game and, and how you know marketing and, and communications is done these days. Um, those those prices and that information will proliferate over the internet. I'm just very curious as to who goes first, and also when Xbox do decide to announce this Lockhart cheaper console version, and if they're willing to now announce this quicker due to the reception that they received off this off this um, mm. um, trailer and direct, I guess. It does feel like the stars are kind of aligning um, to give us what's probably going to be. Uh 
quite shocking price so like with this emphasis on game pass making games mm. you know all, all these first party games basically free at launch to play with the subscription with these digital only consoles both being revealed in sony's case and rumored in xbox it's like it's and also the fact they haven't mentioned it so far if it was a good price we probably would know despite you know um, current modern tech announcement conve- conventions but i feel like we're gearing up to over 500 which is going to be five it feels almost tone deaf in like I, corona environment i i think it's probably just a product of corona and a product of on microsoft side the fact that they've got this cheaper console um that will push that lower price limit and i think for a lot of people that will be a good price limit a price point and a good entry point into the generation and on the sony side they've also they've already got um a lot of a lot of people on PSN and 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 in that ecosystem on PS4 and it will be you know the 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 most avid kind of consumers buying the, the PS5 at launch as they always do, do um reduce the price over over time and then you know all all the mass consumers and hopefully by that point covid covid impacts on on supply chains will have subsided will be able to let them drop the price a bit. I think on the Sony case, though, it does it does seem a lot more of a premium offering than than what seems to be the the Xbox approach, where they're trying to hit up. Okay, you you want a premium console? We've got that for you. You, you want a cheaper console? We've got that for you. You want to play on PC? We've got that for you. You want to play on your phone? We've got that for you. We've got you all covered on all price points. So it'd be interesting to see the sales as a result of that. Definitely. And just to throw my two cents in, uh, I think one of the funniest jokes I saw in the comments thread was uh, Xbox One X or Series X and uh, PlayStation 5 delayed because neither were ready to announce their price. And so <laughs> the the interesting thing there, I think you guys both brought up really good points and the same point kind of is like they, they're not going to win anyone over with price. Everybody's so excited to see the price announcement because that will be the knockout blow for one console or the other but at the same time it, it is not something that they need to share with with the audience for these types of events i think it's really the how do you solidify someone's decision to just trade up and so knowing that they're likely going to spend this money they're prepared for what it means to buy the next generation of consoles how can we just either keep them in the ecosystem or show the added value of of what they can get when they switch that's a good point framing it in in a in terms of content the value of the content that you're getting rather than Mm. just this one um obtuse well not obtuse but this one price point that you're Mm. going to pay for entry into into the console i think uh no matter what happens you're definitely going to be needing more than two cents to afford either (laughs) of um of these next gen consoles nice seg Well, um, yeah, I, there's still quite a lot of games uh, that we'll be discussing in the second half. But yeah, no, it's been interesting uh, looking at uh, the announcement and what we can maybe expect from the first um, few months of the Xbox Series X's life. So stay tuned for part two. Where we'll be dissecting the other announcements in more detail. Hey everyone, welcome back to One Hit KO Podcast. We're going to spend the next 25 minutes or so diving into all the cool games that were announced at the Xbox Series X event and also like what's our favorite and what we're maybe looking forward to the most. 
So, yeah, I think the best place to get started is just what are the one or two games from the showcase that you were most excited for? Um, Shall I go first? Um, Yeah, go for it. I think I was quite excited by that Everwild game by Rare. I really Mm. liked the the art style and the vibe that I was getting from it. Kind of an exploration, kind of adventure-style game. Now, I'm not too sure what the final concept will be. I just loved the design of the animals. The fur on the animals just looked amazing. And just this this kind of vibe of how adventuring with a few people around this this kind of fantastical place i'm just a sucker for kind of third person or first person adventure games action adventure so to me this this just looks right up my street so definitely definitely um everworld by rare it looked like a really smart move by them for this kind of game Mm. i I just started playing sea of thieves for the first time and they're really good at using this like almost cartoonish like cell shaded style graphics with these characters but then they do really unique things with the lighting so i think it's a really smart play for them to mm. to do this kind of almost looks like a four-person cooperative uh my concern is that it's like a top-down isometric like marvel <laughs> ultimate alliance type I, game we would not like I mean, that i, I assume I, I like marvel ultimate alliance i like the old marvel and x-men types top style top they're down great style they're, they're really fun with other people but uh yeah that would be quite disappointing (laughs) i i don't think that's going to be the case but uh definitely excited to see some gameplay out of that as well good good pick yeah i i would definitely pick the same thing i think um just yeah i hope i think it's going to be more kind of like a journey type thing hopefully Mm. than some other yeah like top-down strategy game that'd be really weird (laughs) but yeah just oh my god everything about it the the art style the creatures the music as well is like just definitely probably the most impressive thing for me there for me my pick from the presentation was medium uh, ah, yeah. The oh, medium. Yeah. i am super excited i have this thing where like i really do enjoy horror games on console as a video game genre it's like a super immersive way of, of just getting terrified and i don't know why i enjoy it i i don't particularly follow horror movies or anything but there have been just some incredible experiences. PT, um, Alien Isolation, mm. uh, Ghost, even even um, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice kind of touches on that you, uh, stuff as well, for sure, in terms of aesthetic. Are you uh, a fan but, of Amnesia? No, I've never played the Amnesia game. Because uh, they're, they're quite uh, popular horror games. That I, I remember mm. playing the first Amnesia in the dark, alone. Uh, and I was just too terrified to play past uh, the first hour. <laughs> I was just legitimately just like, I, I just can't take this anymore. Uh, oh, man. It's, oh, well. I think there's, I think next gen's really going to do something incredible mm. for that genre in terms of just elevating the amount of complexity or detail on either, you know, dripping blood or, or you know, being yeah. in a scary hallway. Um, Last of Us Part Two does a great job of that, of course, but the the medium looks really exciting because like you mentioned it in the first part where ratchet and clank did a great job of showcasing the tech in terms of loading into different dimensions i think that's very much the gimmick of the medium for sure is that you're kind of i, I suppose you're some sort of investigator or private eye almost yeah. and and you're seeing both the 
the tangible world as well as whatever dimension has all of this demonic is, influence clearly is that shown side by side on one screen or are you flipping between worlds i didn't quite i think it's side by side i got the impression that like in in some parts of the game you're basically playing the two kind of simultaneously oh, and wow. you'll be seeing them by oh, in a split screen vibe. I... that's really interesting so my assumption was that was just to showcase what's happening on the hardware side but I think in reality, it's going to be either a toggle that you can just access on a button click, or it's going to be almost like um, Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, or I, I guess Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time had some sort of light world, dark world. You guys are linked to probably that. Yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that one then. Uh, so I think it could be that as well. I'm not quite sure. But interesting that you think there there's literally a split screen dynamic to this. It seems like I saw those screenshots on Twitter just showing the, the split screen. And I'm, I'm getting the impression that is how it's going to play out. Like, I remember mm. that kind of format used in Metal Gear Solid 4. I remember for a few boss fights, this weird vertical uh, yeah. where there was a cutscene happening on one side and you were playing essentially on the other side or something i can't remember if it is the, the case that is a very very interesting choice in terms of how mm. would you orient yourself um and and be able to pick up all the yeah. what, what's going on in both worlds when you're focusing on maybe once yeah it's a very interesting thing if that's mm. the, the approach they're going it's just it's such a cool concept as well for like a horror game like mm. we we have been very lucky as as like i'm kind of I think in the same boot as Luke in that I really like horror games, but they also scare the mm. life out of me. Like playing Resident Evil 7, I had to like pause it all the time, but like the thrill of playing it is just is so much fun. I love it. Mm. But um, yeah, we've had Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil 8. I don't, I don't know exactly yeah. which one it is v- uh, for v- PS4, large. which is sick. And then this too, like it's a wealth of riches or whatever the phrase is i don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's oh. one other game i want to kind of just highlight quickly um yeah. it was the gunk which was oh, yes. firstly what a title for a game the gunk i want to i want to say that i want to buy it's, it I wanna it's great I, w- I, was, I wonder what the the the, the conversation was when they, <laughs> they named that, <laughs> that game it's like where where does the game take place so it takes place in in the gunk yeah let's call it that but yeah it's a uh, <laughs> Image and Form, who are the developers who did such a fantastic job with the SteamWorld games. I think this is their first foray into like proper fully 3D titles. And it definitely, it retains a lot of the charm that the 2D ones have. And like, you know, the, the world just looks really, really interesting. The 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 kind of graphical style as well is, is really kind of cartoony and nice. I think there is so much potential there for that to be just a a really really solid game and i'm really really looking forward to that in particular and seeing what they can do and with a an extra dimension added yeah um uh, am i right in saying that they did the the steam world dig games like you said mm-hmm. the steam world mm-hmm. games yeah um it's just i i love those games so much the the cool digging mechanic um and how they elevated that kind of metroidvania style game but also the weird influences they had with this wild west especially in steam world dig 2 that's that's the only game i played the wild west theme mixing with the kind of robotic kind of futuristic theme um and that that meld of weird genres essentially and Mm. um like you said you're definitely seeing weird influences in in terms of the visual style and the atmosphere that you get from this game and like i said i'm interested to see what they what they do in the the 3d space yeah it's hard to tell exactly kind of what what they're going to be doing with it now Mm. but like yeah with their track record of merging like metroidvania with like kind of you know resource gathering digging type games like 
I think there is p potential to really mix up this kind of third-person shooter type title. So looking forward to that whenever it may finally arrive. Well, we've said the games that we were most excited for. Let's put on our cynicism hats and say, were there any ones that maybe didn't scream out too much or were disappointing? Or uh, perhaps just, you know, you, you really need to know more about it before you can um, kind of make your judgment on them. Any, any particular lowlights? Yeah, Fable. Like, I was, <laughs> I expected it to show up, but I didn't realise they were just going to show a five-second teaser, given how how long it's been leaked for, and given how you would have expected you know first party reveals at this at this at this conference and it was just a bit of a flat kind of end to the conference it was just like oh is that all you're showing okay <laughs> great um so i'm not a big fan of the fable series but it was just like oh i kind of want to see what what this would look like on the next gen console um and all he gave me was a five second teaser it's 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 almost like they they open the conference with their and one more thing where they show the full Halo breakout. Now, obviously, a very smart way to open the conference by putting the big guns mm -hmm. first. But yeah, that Fable trailer maybe shouldn't have been the last thing there. Um, could it even have been something as big as um, I don't know? I guess I guess Forza perhaps would have been good or Avowed even. Avowed would have been good. Yeah, that, just I mean that, that name. definitely yeah. intriguing for sure. Um, but it definitely did seem strange for that to be the end one more thing. It's also kind of interesting that uh, the new developers in it, because Lionhead Studios, which made the other Fable games, I think is no more. Um, I'm, I think, yeah, they got shut down. So this, the new one is made by Playground Games, yeah. who are famous for the Forza Horizon games. Yeah. So even though they have been like, you know, um, critically acclaimed and are, some of the best games in the Xbox library. This is a big kind of a, a turn. Get it? A turn. Because, like, you know, cars turn. This is a turn away from their typical... I thought you were talking about Turn 10, turn 10 Studios, I think, who do the, the mainline uh, games. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's it's even better. But, yeah, it's, it's basically it's a departure from what they normally would do. So, yeah, it's showing that little bit. It obviously can't be that, like, late in development. Yeah. It's probably, you know, a year or two down the line... And I think they misjudged the sort of shock value that that announcement would have. I guess also you've got to remember that they've probably got they've got to spread out these announcements. Um, they can't just shoot all of their their um, <laughs> shoot all of their games out of the cannon um, uh, <laughs> on this on this first like first party stream. They've probably got more games to reveal later on this year, um, and that that's fine. It's just the nature of how how you do this, but. Um, just a bit of a way, an odd way of you know structuring that that conference in that way, and only showing that much of a um, of a trailer. It would have even been better if they showed just like a a full kind of um, CGI trailer, if that makes sense. That would have been a bit more interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really disappointing. I just didn't know why it was there. It was like the Outer Worlds uh, DLC. It really? was like great. This is cool, but it's not really next gen. Uh, I I liked it. I liked the announcement of new dlc for a game because just because it was it's still quite an interesting game that i want to play and it was cool to see new dlc i don't think it was too out of place though 
Yeah, I think I think it was more just my uh, expectations have probably been artificially raised by a lot of the rumors and stuff that we heard before, of, like you know, Outer Worlds two. But yeah. to be fair, they did re- then quickly redeem themselves by showing a Vald, which uh, looked very very cool. I mm-hmm. I'm was quite disappointed. It just honestly, it's interesting that they're making it what well, seems like a Skyrim type RPG, mm-hmm. um, but I was just disappointed by the the CGI trailer. Honestly, it just looked like a kind of generic medieval type trailer um that could you could apply to a lot of games it didn't really tell me too much outside what the concept of the game would be and maybe some of the thematics um it was cool to find out they were you know um, working on this new project but uh, it's not that i was expecting gameplay it's just that maybe the cgi trailer for me just fell a bit flat um, maybe mm-hmm. i'm an out outlier there um an outer liar oh boy <laughs> it feels oh, like it, it's it's drumming up drama that doesn't actually exist but yeah. like the juicy story is obsidian came in partnered with bethesda and took what made fallout 3 good and made an even better fallout 3 in new vegas mm-hmm. another question is can they do it again with a skyrim like universe that they create yeah can they make a better skyrim and at this point, hard to tell because Skyrim's had so many reincarnations that I'm not sure if we've ever <laughs> quite gotten over it or had a period where we weren't in the medieval, you know, uh, fantasy realm. Yeah. Um, so, well, it's it's interesting because firstly, yeah, we have uh, Elder Scrolls. Is it six or seven? I I can't. I've lost track of which oh, one. Right. Six. Six. The six. Yeah. So there's actually that which probably will come out a similar time. So Ooh, we're gonna I have... don't. Uh, yeah, hold point. your horses there. They've got to. They've got to get out. Starfield, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Starfield first. We'll probably come Gee, out. They're still working on seventy six, guys. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I wouldn't be surprised if it came out at the end of the next generation. Elder Scrolls six. Uh, that's yeah. just where it seems like it's at. That like either way, we're gonna have these two games coming out relatively kind of close to each other, and we will have a direct comparison. I hope that maybe pushes Bethesda to make sure that. This this yeah. new Elder Scrolls game is going to be as good as possible, mm. but yeah, like I think the reason why New Vegas and Outer Worlds were kind of so memorable, I think in that kind of post-apocalyptic uh, kind of you know space-oriented uh, world, yep. there's a lot more room for them to kind of make their weird and eccentric writing stand out. Mm. There's obviously less scope for that within mm. your kind of more typical. A kind of medieval type setting so it will be interesting to see if they can really recreate something that is as memorable and as kind of that's, um just enjoyed that's an interesting point um yeah I'm, I'm quite interested to see how they how they tackle that cool well um i'm gonna go really left field here and completely move out of xbox and move into nintendo or in other words the lack of nintendo so we've had this ps5 showcase we've had this xbox showcase we know even if we don't know when games are coming out we know that there are lots of games kind of on the horizon meanwhile <laughs> nintendo horizon. had this third party direct which was was cool seeing more about like uh, smt and this cadence of hyrule dlc stuff mm-hmm. but we also have no nintendo first party games to look forward to beyond like the really far away ones in the near future so are you guys getting concerned or do you think this is just an inevitable consequence of of corona i think it's partly a consequence of corona partly just bad messaging on their part and not bad messaging but just maybe they're not sure how to communicate these delays and perhaps it's partly because they've they're in this 
drought where they've released all the games last year, their first party titles. And now they've just found themselves in a drought with Corona, where, which they can't really fill as well with, with new titles. And they're trying to pad that out with DLC and the, and the rumoured Mario Masters remasters. And I think that's also getting influenced by the fact that there's been an upsurge in Switch demand from mm. Corona. Mm-hmm. And that, when, when you think about it from that perspective, is, is, is the general consumer going to be impacted by this messaging? Are they happy with these drips and drabs? Maybe not, but um, perhaps it's enough to get through through this year. Um yeah so from from my perspective yeah it's it's a bit annoying but um yeah i'm I'm not um i'm not too concerned until we don't if we don't get maybe news over august i'd be a bit like yeah what 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 are your tentpole games is it just pokemon dlc and the mario remaster it's it's tough because you have to think about the what were the big games that came out this year so far and i think that they are expecting them to have really long legs. So Animal Crossing is obviously the big one, and it sold fantastically, so they're certainly not upset about that. But you wonder if the small little monthly updates or the seasonal content is going to keep people satisfied until the next major first-party announcement, right? With Paper Mario Origami King, I heard positive reviews overall, um, so that's exciting. It's something I might look to pick up pretty soon. But at the same time, you know, single player limited limited story lots of collectibles in it it sounds like but that what next is kind of the question it could be that they've taken a misstep and are putting their eggs in in sort of the leaning on pokemon a little bit too much right so the pokemon expansion certainly but also uh, even pokemon unite which you know we can't forget about <laughs> it being our favorite moba ever that's coming soon so there's there is sort of this question mark. We all know what we want, but they are not one to give the fans what the fans want. And uh, even I think some of the interviews that I heard happened about Paper Mario Origami King uh, kind of show that, like, yes, we know that people want a certain game like this, but that's not really what our mandate is as developers. I'm thinking about the XP system in, in Mario, Paper Mario. So, Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a really good point, Luke. Um, I'm... They're obviously, yeah, hoping that Animal Crossing lasts them. And to be fair, like, it, it probably will. But do you think, like, that sort of, like, insatiable demand from consumers, which I think has become even more of a thing recently, do you think that is, you know, as a, a direct result of Nintendo not announcing enough things? Or do you think it's just a new kind of... Like, we literally literally just had the yeah. new Paper Mario game. People have had a new kind of, you know, like, really kind of main mainline kind of... I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but kind of a prominent Nintendo game, like literally in the past week. Yeah. Is it is this need for what what's next unhealthy? Or do you think people have a point, have a reason to be kind of I th- questionable? I th- then no, it's a, I think I, I hear the question you're, you're, you're tugging at. And I think it's, it's a bit overstated. Uh, like Amal said, there's really not much to be super concerned with. I think Nintendo probably has the metrics on household penetration for Nintendo Switches. I wouldn't be surprised if they found out that a high percentage of households that have a Switch also have another console. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that, uh, you know, personally, I could speak for me. It's I'm glad that I don't have to worry about so many Switch games on the horizon because I'm finally going through my PlayStation backlog. So I think as 
a market of shoppers, I think we're we're all just fine. Like we have nothing to worry about. Nintendo's just slowly working through what systems they have and and what plans they have. Um, you know, could be curious if there were plans for for E three that they still are trying to to fit into directs that now they have to kind of rethink how they showcase them. Maybe they were going to show just gameplay, but the Nintendo treehouses are kind of not fulfilling for that. I don't know if you guys saw that treehouse they had for the Origami King, but they had a lot of streaming issues in terms of delays with audio. Oh, and really? it was it was fairly unwatchable. And oh. I wouldn't be surprised if they're putting all other gameplay demos on hold until they can fix that way of showcasing them because not necessarily a good look for them to... to lack that kind of format yeah i didn't realize that they had so many techni- technical issues i just uh tuned in for the the good old bakugan uh announcement at the <laughs> end, uh, uh, yeah it was it was basically unwatchable the way that they had gone through that extended gameplay it was they they had the, the three hosts uh, i don't recall their names but yeah you could tell there was a sizable eight second delay between everyone's audio and it was fairly unwatchable to play and and you felt bad of course right i think the comments obviously tried to make you know snide remarks of course but at the same time it's like who hasn't had zoom issues over the past three months of course everyone Mm -hmm. Uh, but i'm sure nintendo doesn't want to be in that situation again you know when i when i when nintendo announced they were only going to focus on one console back at the end of the last generation all of their development teams were now focused on this single console i didn't think we'd get to this point where we are looking to see where first-party games are at in terms of you would expect because both development teams are all development teams are not just focused on making a handheld game for what the 3ds or the ds and a home console game for the wii u or the wii all of the eggs on one basket you'll, you'll be getting a faster rate of games from nintendo first-party development and maybe covid has impacted this but i just would have expected larger frequency this year um maybe as a counterpoint in terms of you know all all of the development teams are now just focusing on this one console we we should be expecting a bit of a faster rate of maybe game development um maybe it's yeah, a push like, towards hd development that's um that's slowing it down a bit and covid but you know um even in like the the games which you assume wouldn't take as much kind of resource to do so like your remasters like the the metro one i know luke made a good point last week about how metro prime 3 would be need to be like completely retooled to work within kind of yeah the the kind of restrictions of the console but like even the mario sort of games you've thought that sort of thing should not be too difficult to turn over and if they release that sort of thing now when the other consoles are gearing up for the next gen and there isn't really too much going on you would have think that they would be incredibly successful. Uh, but yeah, it's for us, it's good because it means we can then go through our backlogs again. Yes. But it does feel missed opportunity a bit, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, what hasn't been a missed opportunity is uh, this week's podcast, which has been great fun. And um, I think we're going to have to call it, call it a day we, so we can keep we it under an hour. Do we have time for a sneaky question? Yes. Only if it's really quickly. stealthy. <laughs> Um, so I've got this question from Matt, and it and it got me thinking. Well, I'm not going to ask Matt's straight question, but got me thinking about accents in games. Has there been a particular accent that you've really enjoyed from a character that you played oh. in a game? Um, yes, I have an answer for this straight away. Shulk in um in oh, Xenoblade, gosh. and also just the whole of Xenoblade <laughs> Chronicles. So it's like it's one of those cases where. 
I think because it was what released in Europe first and like the US release was kind of not always on the cards. Yeah. They got like the proper British voice acting and it's just, oh, it's so good. It's like just hearing it's like this like dis- Bernardo boy. It's, it's great. Distinctly British. Um, it's it's yeah. sometimes a bit out of, whenever I hear Xenoblade or gameplay or, or watch it, it's almost out of place sometimes in terms of you, you're so used to sometimes the US or Japanese voice acting. When you see a an RPG with British voice acting, it's just it just takes you back out of the picture a bit. Uh, it's, I'm not too sure if that's just me or um, if anyone else gets that kind of that vibe as well. I think so. It's very strong though. It's like it's it's like almost it is almost jarring, but I think it adds to the charm. Mm. It makes these characters feel really really interesting. Even like the enemies, like these giant robots that have this like proper angry Cockney accent. It's just it's just so like just charming. I'm a big fan. That's so interesting to hear. It's super jarring to watch gameplay of it with the accents. It's it's very cool to think that like oh these these video game characters sound like me because yeah I guess I take for granted it seems like American is always the standard accent for for <laughs> video game voice acting. That's really interesting. Um, I feel like anytime I hear you know a, a UK accent, it's always uh, you're on some quest for Camelot, right? It's always high fantasy because we we don't know any other way of doing that. Uh, I think in terms of accents in games, the most that stand out to me right now are the ones that come in quick jabs. And specifically, I, I'm thinking about the voice lines in games like Hearthstone, where you play a card down within the lore and a character will shout their voice line. Mm. Uh, very, very fun to hear someone shout something like, you know, I've got a huge gun. And it's just like this awesome booming voice. And it's just super immersive for a card game. So I love Hearthstone and the voice acting in that. I'm going to go a bit out of field here. I'm going to say Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, I think, on the GameCube. And it's not as much to do with accents, but I love the victory celebration cries and the disappointed <laughs> cries. You, you, you see these Nintendo characters absolutely just having a meltdown over, you know, getting below par um, or above par. I can't remember which way it is on golf. And you just see kind of Donkey Kong just throwing a boulder or uh, 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 Bowser Jr. just crying his eyes out and weeping on the floor. And and um, Princess Peach and, and the other princesses just just being depressed, uh, losing. It's just the most fascinating, weird thing. And also the cries that you can just pop up whilst you're you're playing against other uh, players in terms of you can press the D-pad and, and kind of have... Um, uh, uh, bad talk uh, that that's shouted from these characters and and some of the characters you just hear them say you're ridiculous or you know from Bowser Jr. and it's just like oh this is just so much fun uh so yes Mario Golf uh, is an interesting if you if you ever if you're ever on YouTube go search Mario Golf um GameCube um victory celebration or something like that and you'll, you'll have a blast uh, just watching <laughs> their reactions to to uh playing golf on that sort of uh, topic, there's the Mario Strikers games, which have the same kind of really over-the-top celebrations. I think in one, Waluigi is like like thrusting his crotch or something. I don't know. It gets weird. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy 20th birthday to Waluigi oh, last week. Really? Uh, hopefully now he's uh, 
you know, in his in his twenties, we can finally see some representation in Smash. Maybe he'll finally get his um, dating game, his romance game that everyone's just be clamoring for. Um, he does need his own title. He's, he's like his the only one who doesn't. Now, so you know, hopefully, it's looking good for him. Waluigi Land, it's going to happen. That's that's what they're waiting to announce. They just need to make sure everyone's ready. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. ready. Is it? Uh, is now. 2020 the time for waluigi it is yes if, if, if this year isn't the time then when is like this is just perfect <laughs> yeah. waluigi energy Lift the public year. morale definitely yep he would save <laughs> us from um the corona nightmare waluigi for president waluigi washes his hands for the <laughs> required amount of time he sings happy birthday while doing so because it's his birthday and i brought it back full circle hell yeah amazing <laughs> well is yeah that's been great uh, i've had a lot of fun um yeah. chatting about these these games and hopefully next week um we can have maybe a slightly more in-depth look at um a themed episode and maybe about level design maybe about something else we can come up with something interesting but yeah no i'm looking forward to uh getting back into that but it's been a great hour thanks for joining me yeah, and, and thanks Absolutely. for getting me excited uh, for Waluigi's when Nintendo announced their Waluigi game, and that's why they've been, you know, being a bit quiet. It's, it's to announce that 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 game that will release this this fall. <laughs> I would forgive them if it was. I'd forgive it's them what? anyway, because like you know, it's it's understandable. But Waluigi washes your hands, two K twenty. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> This is called False Hope. We should end it here. <laughs> yes, I'm getting carried away. I'm going to be dreaming about this tonight. Well, yeah, it's been great. Should we end with one final one-hit KO shout or whisper? Let's let's do it ASMR style again. Okay. All right. Okay. Three, two, one. One-hit one KO. KO.